This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Heard every Saturday morning at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. Welcome, friend, to our weekly garden party. We hope you brought along your questions because it's time to dish the dirt. On The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin, exclusively on Zoomer Radio. Well, here we are in Franklin's Zone of Breath. I was going to say, I, ran I, a marathon. <laughs> I ran down to get a coffee because I need to sip on a coffee as we do the show. Yes. And, uh... I left my book. Your very important down book. Down in, yeah, to where I write all the names and the, what have you down. And so it was a mad run down the hallway. Oh, I don't But worry. we're back. We're you back. You just give the phone numbers. I got lots of updates and <laughs> oh, things to share. Okay, Charlie. Uh, let's see. We got in Toronto. Here's the number to call. 416-360-0740. And then anywhere in the province, toll free, one 866 740 Four seven forty. Our mantra: Call early, call often. One question per call. And if you happen to be a first-time caller, please let Sebastian know our operator. He will pass the word to me. And just before you get to the airwaves, you're going to get the uh, garden wings. That's right, little bell. Yeah. And everybody needs garden wings at this time of year oh, because wow, do we have yeah. things to do in the garden? And we might be getting some warmer weather. I'm told. Might. I love that. We <laughs> yeah, might. Well, I think we're going to get some warmer yeah. weather. I mean, frankly, I, I don't want to. You know, I don't want to wait till August. A, well, <laughs> I really like the cool springs. I get a lot more work done when it's when it's cool. Oh, I suppose I'm you much, got a point there. I'm much more energized when it comes yeah. to getting out there and digging out those weeds. I mean, come on, look at the dandelions are doing a takeover. So uh, you know, when it comes to getting things. done, done pruning digging transplanting planting cooler weather is uh-huh. my idea of a good time well, there you I'm go not into the you know from winter to summer kind of situations that we've been known to have in the past so i'm not complaining at all other than the fact that it's been so wet i'll complain about that so speaking of wet tomorrow the greater toronto water gardeners will be holding their next meeting it's at the banbury community center 120 banbury road in north york that meeting runs from 12:30 to 3:30 the featured speaker is carl Conan. The subject is ornamental grasses, and Carl can be found at the Black Forest Garden Center in King City for more if you want to visit him when you're out shopping. Of course, it's that weekend. It's the big May 2-4 weekend. We're all shopping for something to plant into our gardens or onto our balconies or pots at the front door. Either way, we need some color, we need some brightness, we need some beauty, and this is the time of year to get it going. Uh, Mark on your calendar to definitely tune in next Saturday. So Frank mm-hmm. and Sebastian's going to have to help with this because next Saturday we are doing something we've never done before. I don't know what's ever been done ever in the history of radio. <clears throat> We're going to have Carson Arthur on our show while he's hosting his show in Belleville. He hosts <laughs> a neat. garden show yeah. in Belleville, and his show runs from, I think it's from 9 to 11, and of mm-hmm. course we're 9 to 10. So it was impossible for either of us to interview each other when we weren't on the air. So we said, okay, why don't we just do on-air interviews? What a neat idea. Uh, so, yeah. yeah, like I said, I'm not sure if it's ever been done, so might need a little technical help from somebody along the way there. Um, Carson does have a new book out, so he'll be telling us a bit about that. 
But what's kind of more interesting also is that he's started a whole new life in Prince Edward mm-hmm. County and he's starting a whole new business of gardens and chickens and, you know, lifestyle stuff. And of course, I'm moving out to Prince Edward County in August. So, um, yeah, it should be a lot of fun getting updates from him. Next weekend, doors open Toronto. We're here. Mm-hmm. We're open. Exactly. Zoomerplex is wide open, and you are going to be part of the festivities. That's right. And Saturday, uh, pardon me, Sunday morning, I'll be here from 10 through till 2 in the afternoon. Well, and next Saturday, of course, you were here with me till 10, and, yep. then, and then are and you I, on deck I, as I'll well? I'll hang around to do some stuff uh, after we grab maybe a bite to eat. You I know. think. Yeah. yeah, and I'll hang out with you a bit for a bit too, <laughs> okay. right? You know, Good. it's always fun because I love going into the museum. The TV museum is just oh, crazy interesting. Fabulous. So it's just, I love it. It's just so wacky. I, everybody who's got ever watched a TV in their lives would find it fascinating yeah. to see the museum because the stories behind some of these televisions is nuts. Um, okay, one more thing to tell you about. <clears throat> Thursday, May the 30th, the Garden Clubs of Ontario are presenting Music in Bloom. It's a floral design and horticultural show, including rooms of displays of judged floral art, horticultural exhibits, speakers, and demonstrations. So it sounds like quite a lot of fun, a big event. The show is at the Royal Botanical Gardens. That's Wednesday, May 29th from 10 a.m. to 8 p.m. And then Thursday, May the 30th from 10 to 4. Admission to the show is free with paid admission to the RBG. So I was wrong off the top there. I said Saturday, June 1st. I was wrong. It is Wednesday the 29th and Thursday the 30th. That big event called Music in Bloom at the RBG. Okay. Uh, We have to take a little bit of a break here because we have the lines are jammed right now. So we'll come back and uh, say hi to Sharon and Wes Lauren just moments from now on Zoomer Radio. Fur and feathers and bugs of all size. There's more going on in the garden than you realize. Should small creatures become a big problem, then you've got The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Exclusively on Zoomer Radio. All right, Charlie, let me introduce you to Sharon, who's calling in from West Lorne. Good morning, Sharon. Yes, good morning, Frank. Good morning, Charlie. Welcome back, Sharon. Thank you very much. It's, is it wet down there? Not at all. No. Oh, well, it's just starting to spit here again. We're, we're blue with a bit of cloud. Oh, well, if it ever stops. <laughs> so far, so good. <laughs> anyway, anyway, um, what I'm calling for is about um, my maple trees. Mm. I have nine of them. There is three in the northwest, two in the south, um, yeah, two in the south, and four in the um, northeast. Mm-hmm. The one at the back is just loaded, and I want to know why. It's just loaded with ma- red maple keys. That they start, the leaves have started to come out. Mm-hmm. Um, the two beside them, there's there's a few on them, and that too. And the ones, um, uh, the one at the uh, uh, east, and the two at the south. Have, have nothing. Okay, so sorry, they're not really loaded with keys right now, they're loaded with flowers. No, no, these are keys. From last year. I went out and checked because I, I saw the, I saw, or the flowers have come off them. Oh, oh good point. nothing yeah. on these other ones, and this one is just loaded, <laughs> and there's a few on the, on the other ones, like in the northwest and that too, and I wondered why, because it's usually, the maple keys usually fall closer to fall, or whatever, right. and that, and, um, but is it because of the how wet it's been? Uh, okay, I've so, never seen them like that before. So these are fresh this year's maple keys. These aren't yes, hanging yes. on from last year. Oh no, these are these are fresh. Okay, well, so you're a little bit ahead of us. Obviously, you're down London Way, and we're yes. you know 
always a good two weeks behind you. So ha- leaves must be fairly full on these trees at this um, point? They're medium. Okay, so, medium yeah. medium in that, too. They haven't come out full. Right, so we're full. behind uh, here as well. The leaves, on particularly the maple trees, are barely even showing. We're, we're still in full flower mm-hmm. on our maples. Yeah, oh, well, so, my, my maples have gone, or right. my um, buds have gone in that, too. But these are, well, so, because I thought, those are red leaves coming out, and mm-hmm. you know, instead of green. And I went out and checked, and they're just, there's clumps of them all over. They're just huh. just loaded with keys. But it, but it was more of an indication of the what the number of flowers that were there. Because you remember that where there's a flower, if there's pollination, then there's fruit. And of course, the keys are the fruit, yes, the yes. seeds. And so um, what's clearly happened is that the flowering level has been different between the different trees. And I that's see. very common that we see cycles of, particularly within the, the trees that we rely on for their fruit, like apple trees and <clears throat> plum trees. We, we, in pears, we see, always see the love. One year there's a bountiful harvest. The next year there's, you know, hardly a, a, a fruit on the tree. <clears throat> then, and so we see those cycles. And I, I can only imagine that's what's going on in terms of the difference between the, such a vast quantity of keys on one maple versus the other. Um, Now, why they're looking so red and ripe so early in the season, uh, you're right, it might be more connected to the the liquid that has just been so wet Mm -hmm. that these keys have formed very quickly and the leaves are barely formed yet. But those keys are likely to stay on the tree just like you would expect Mm -hmm. right through till, you know, August, September. Mm -hmm. I think normally we don't see those keys because the leaves are bigger. So it's always happening. It's just not so obvious because the leaves are full and they are completely, you know, shadowing yeah, out yeah, the, the yeah, keys. That could be too. Yeah. yeah. Well, it, it really, yes. you know, staggered me in that too. <laughs> and I thought, well, I'm going to go out and take a look and see if it's the red leaves coming out yeah, yeah. along with the green ones. But. Well, yeah, well, it's interesting. Take a picture of that for sure, because you know, this is the the new normal. I mean, every season has always been different, but I I find that it's really different. We're just seeing different winters, different springs, different summers all the time with quite extremes along the way, whether it's moisture levels or temperature levels or any of that. So, you know, take a picture because that's something worth, you know, keeping in your journal as a, wow, that's an interesting event. Never seen Mm -hmm. that before. Okay. I've never seen it before. No, I haven't. Okay. Thank you very thanks, much. Sharon. Have a good day, folks. Thank you. Okay, thanks, Sharon. And uh, golly, we're going to stay in town now. But you say, know, I was just mm, going to say, that yes. kind of reminds me, not this past fall, so not the, the autumn of 18, but that 18, but the autumn before. Okay. Remember that we never really had any cold nights. So we didn't, the typical, you know, sunny days and cold nights that we get in September, October, where the leaves all start showing reds and oranges, that never happened. We we didn't get any real fall color that fall, and the leaves didn't fall. Lots and lots of trees went into the winter with brown leaves attached. So that was weird. I've never seen that in my life. And that was all just connected to the fact we just didn't have cold nights, sunny days. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. Well, see... People like you keep track of all that stuff. I couldn't <laughs> tell you what happened last week. My God. Well, Anne in Toronto, welcome to the show. Good morning. Oh, good morning, Charlie. Good, good morning, morning. Frank. Uh, I have, uh, I was given a miniature rose mm-hmm. in the pot nice. for Mother's Day. Mm-hmm. Beautiful. It has about eight blooms on it and loads of buds. Mm-hmm. But since then, all the leaves have fallen off. They shriveled up and just Okay, so have you got it in a really sunny window? Yes, I have full sun okay, and good. and bright light. Um, full sun in the morning, bright light in the afternoon. Okay, and you don't have like curtains or shears or anything no, no, over the window? No. Good. No. Um, all right. 
So the buds are still holding on, but the leaves have dropped off. Right. What I would do is I would take a very close look, like at this kind of time of day, because if you've got that eastern sun or the brightness coming through the window right now, right. either hold up the pot or get down and look at the pot with the, the plant with the sun on the other side or the brightness on the other side and look very closely in the crotches of all those little stems that are still on the plant and right. around the buds for webbing. Look oh. to see if you see any evidence of webbing. You will not see spider mites because they're tiny, but you will often see their webs. Okay. And that would be the most classic reason why a miniature rose would lose its leaves. They doesn't are very... Need, um, doesn't need water. You know, it's, it's moderately... Um, the soil is moderately wet. And yeah. I've killed plants in the past <laughs> with too much water. Well, that's right. And with no leaves, the plant isn't really using much water. See, it's no, there's no surface area for that water to respire out of the leaves. Okay. So be very careful with your watering right now. Um, make sure it's not, the plant isn't sitting in any water. Make sure it's not wrapped up in some gift wrapping stuff. Get, make sure it's just in a little saucer. No. So that the water has been able to drain out. Yeah. Uh, it's, and it's not that wet. It's just, uh, yeah. And wet. don't water it again until it feels quite dry. But look really closely, like I said, for any evidence of any webbing or any insects. Uh-huh. It is possible that you may have to go and get yourself some, uh, uh, soap, uh, some, you know, insecticidal soap okay. or something like a bug be gone where that you will follow the instructions and do some spraying if indeed there's any evidence of any insects and make sure that the leaves that fell off are not sitting on the surface of the soil. Keep the planet clean and clear and as and in bright a spot as you possibly can. Uh-huh. New leaves. And once the flowers finish, remember, trim down and you'll find new leaves will emerge. If the plant is healthy, it will it will grow more leaves. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Don't panic. I, I, I'm looking at it now, and I think I can see some some webbing okay. among some leaves. Yeah. So if you have some insecticidal soap or any kind of an insecticide in your in your arsenal there at home, read the instructions clearly before using it on the plant. But it, that's safer. Uh, yeah, safer. So the leaves will come back, will they? They should. If you can uh, annihilate those mites, you can mm-hmm. certainly get that plant back in in good shape. Oh dear. It makes me sad. It's like a skeleton. I know. I know. It's not your fault. It probably came with on the plant from the greenhouse. It's a spider mites are very common pest in the greenhouse. Okay. 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 Thanks, thank Anne. Thank you. Have yourself a great day, and thank you for joining us here on the yeah. long holiday weekend. My gosh, we have to take a little bit of a break now, but we'll be back to say hi to Elizabeth, who maybe is just around the corner. Well, no, in Scarborough. Okay. Not far. Yeah, not far. Not far. <laughs> back in a moment. Daffodils and daisies, bluebells and begonias, forsythia and foxgloves, marigolds, magnolia, lavender and lupins, dahlias, delphiniums, stalks, fox, hollyhocks, tulips and sweet williams. You've picked the right place for everything floral. This is The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin, exclusively on Zoomer Radio. Well, Charlie has promised we're going to do a little traveling this time to the east a little bit, Scarborough. There is Elizabeth. Good morning, Elizabeth. Good morning. Morning. Uh, I have a, a jade that I, I, well, I have a very old, old jade that I uh, took uh, pieces off and stuck them in the ground, mm-hmm. and of course they rooted. And now uh, some of the uh, the stems are about a foot high, and I put it in a bay window that faces east, so it gets quite a lot of good morning sun. But the top leaves look really lush and healthy, but. Down near the bottom, uh, or it, and it's sort of going up the stalk, the, the leaves, if that's what you call them yeah, on a chase. Yeah, yeah no, um, they're leaves. Um, are sort of turning pinky orange. Mm-hmm. 
and I um, I'm concerned what, what, my, what they're doing and why they're yes. doing that. So has this have these plants moved recently into that location, or were they there all winter? No, uh, I guess. Uh, well, I think I moved them about six months ago into that window. Okay, and are they single stems, or have you? pinched and pruned them at all? No, no, they're single stems. There's about six in this, uh, oh, it's about oh, a 10-inch pot. I see. And I just mm. stuck, you know, pieces in the ground, and yeah, now they're... <laughs> they're growing. Yeah. Okay, so typically, okay, so they are leaves, and they are very thick. They're not yes. like a like a maple leaf. They're yes. very, they're what we consider a succulent. So this yes. is a plant that stores water in those big, thick leaves. Yes. Which tells us that when it's time to water our jade plant, we see that the soil is bone dry, but we feel the leaves. And if the leaves feel very firm, then we do not water. We wait at least another week or two weeks before we water again. Okay. Because there's lots of moisture being held in those leaves. Okay. If we feel the leaves and they're feeling kind of squishy, mushy, a little bit yeah. uh, pliable, then we say, okay, it's time I can really, you know, they get dimpled actually. Now I can really water that plant thoroughly. When we see red or orange or pink on the many leaves at this time of year, because the days are longer, the sun is definitely brighter, it actually tells us that the plant is responding to all that light. And it's actually responding and saying, whoa, that's an awful lot of light. I'm not used to that. And it'll show you some red or pink or orange. <clears throat> but I would not take that plant out of the window. I'd keep it where it is. Just remember to turn the pot. Don't worry yeah. about any sort of odd colors. It isn't unusual for a plant to drop its lower leaves because they're the older ones. Yeah. The newest growth is up on the top or the yes. tips. So that's where you want things to be green and healthy looking. If I were you, I would probably pinch the tops of those different stems and get oh. get more of a little forest happening there. Get more branching, um, okay. make it a more... Um, it, I, typically, most plants, when we grow them like a little miniature tree like that, they will lose their lower leaves and they'll just always have green up at the top and naked stem below. So to keep the plant as green and bushy and compact yes. as possible... T- um, nipping the tips, the top, pinching the top will force side shoots, and all of a sudden well, the whole thing will be greener. That's how I started this one by yeah. pinching yeah. The, the old one. Exactly. And sticking you, it in you, earth. You'll be starting a jade nursery pretty soon, by the yeah. sounds of it. <laughs> so, uh, it, could it be then that I'm giving it? I mean, I I sort of uh, touch the top, and it seems really dried out, and so I give it a little bit of water, mm, but yeah. maybe it's too much. Yeah, don't do that because it's people do that right little bit of water because it's dry. Better to wait until it's time to water and then water thoroughly. And so like a, a month would be? Oh, might be a month, might be two months. Oh, right? really? just oh. depends on the amount of, you know, temperature and the amount of light, etc. Yeah. Could be six months. I mean, I have a aloe. I probably water once a year. Like I just leave it till it's oh. super, super dry. But then it's time to water. We really water thoroughly. So you said it's a fairly big pot. You yeah. might be putting four or five, six or more cups of water into that pot when you water. Oh, okay. None of this little quarter cup at a time, because all you're doing is moistening the surface. Oh, okay. 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 So you should water till it comes out the bottom? You should. Okay. So water yeah. thoroughly when you water, but don't water unless it's absolutely necessary. Okay. 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 Thank you very much. You're very oh, welcome. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye. And, That's uh, the first yeah. rule of indoor plants, right? Yeah. None of this little teaspoon at a time. It's <laughs> give them a good drink or leave them alone. All righty. Top love. Yeah, <laughs> you got it. Uh, hey, we have a first-time caller online. Oh, nice. Uh, let's see now. I better get the... Uh... Get your hey, arm that, going. There, there we go. That's for Satima in Etobicoke. Good morning, Satima. Good morning. Morning. Welcome to the show. Thank you. Uh, 
I bought uh, flower uh, seeds, mm-hmm. and uh, uh, the instructions are to start it uh, in the house, mm-hmm. but I don't have uh, facilities to do that. Can I sow them right on the garden? Do you know what kind of flower seeds they are? Uh, well, I bought daisies and some other uh, little flowers that I don't remember the names. You can always plant seeds outside um, if you can't plant them inside, following the instructions in terms of the depth that you're going to plant the seeds. Uh, so yes, you can definitely do that. The reason why we start plants, particularly flowers, indoors is so that they'll be old enough and, and mature enough to flower this summer at some point. Oh. So something like a daisy, you may find that if you plant the seeds directly out in your garden, in the sunny spot that it's the instructions will tell you, you'll get little green plants this year, but you may not get flowers this year. But if they're perennial daisies and they're happy plants, next year they'll come up again and then they'll flower. Oh, I see. Okay. It says to plant them uh, one inch deep. Do I put the seed in there and then put some soil over? Yes, you do, but I'm surprised it's one inch. That seems very deep. That's too deep? Well, it sounds very deep. Normally, seeds are the deepest we've sown most seeds is about a half an inch, Uh sometimes less. But one inch seems quite deep, but it'll say on the package exactly the depth to plant the seeds. And it'll talk about sun versus, you know, full day sun or half day sun. But make sure it's a reasonably good soil, uh, you know, fertile soil, good organic material. So, you know, make a nice seed bed. It's all about the soil. When we have happy plants, it's because we have very good quality soil. And I always put soil on top. Yes, you'll put the the depth of the soil will be as per the directions on the package. Okay, thank you so much. You're very welcome. Okay, thank you for joining the show, and don't be a stranger. That's right. It's always open Those are good questions, Satima, so don't hesitate to call back. Let me repeat, we've got a couple of lines open, so let's fill them up with uh, folks with other questions. 416-360-0740 in Toronto, anywhere in the province, toll-free, 1-866-740. 4740 and and Frankie reaches for the bell one more time here. Oh cool. Yeah, first time caller Judy on the line from Richmond Hill. Good morning, Judy. Good morning. Morning. How are you? Welcome to the show. We're great and uh, well um welcome and also congratulations. You now have your garden wings. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you very much. You're welcome. Um I'm calling to get your um uh website. Oh yes. My and web- also, I need you to give me the repellent mm-hmm. for for animals eating my uh, beans and flowers. Uh, now, or you're expecting them? Uh, well, my tulip is gone. I, you, I live in Richmond Hill, all right? This yeah. is this is a new thing in uh, in my experience. Richmond Hill has gotten more established. The trees have gotten older. There's more and more squirrels. And I, I think I told you last fall, I had a gift of tulips yep. to, sent to me, which I planted very close to my bird feeder, unfortunately. And they're, they've come up beautifully. They're all gorgeous. And I counted yesterday 13 flowers bitten off and dropped oh, on the ground. Little devils. Yeah, little devils. Like, <laughs> why? Why are they biting the flowers off? my tulips i do not know but you know there's enough there that still looks fat you know fabulous but still where why are they doing that 
So if you're finding there's a the, the flower um, flowers being dropped to the ground off your tulips, Judy, it could be squirrels. Okay, uh, but uh, you had a homemade repellent. I do, I do. Do you want me? To, have you got a pencil ready? Yep. Okay, start writing. Two eggs. Two eggs. Two cups of milk. Two cups milk. Two tablespoons olive oil. Two TBS. Olive oil. Uh-huh. Plus dish soap, so a dash of dish soap. Wait on I'm still at oil. <laughs> dash. <laughs> I'm a slow writer. <laughs> <laughs> you know this this radio show is podcast. You yeah. can always listen again <laughs> Where later. Where do I get the podcast? On uh, just on the computer. Just go to uh, Zoomer Radio and go to podcasts. Go to the Garden Show. <laughs> you okay, can, you can listen to the podcast. Listen to yourself. <laughs> yeah. uh, it's usually by Wednesday. It'll be up on the, the website of Zoomer Media. Okay. So you got the dash of dish soap. And then two liters of water goes to that mix that you've got. So two eggs, two cups of milk, two tablespoons of olive oil, a dash of dish soap, and two liters of water. Mix it all up. Spray to the dripping point. And it can last for up to one month. And it is supposed to be very effective at repelling deer. Uh, and I imagine it would also repel a lot of other things. <laughs> including the entire neighborhood, <laughs> eggs and milk and olive oil. Sounds on good enough your... to right Exactly, yeah. until it starts to ferment. <laughs> so, um, but my website, I'm glad you asked, is uh, my name. So it's charliedobbin.com. And it is definitely worth checking out my website to see what I'm up to and where I am next and what's going on. And my daughter's doing a great job she's just trying to update it all the time and get it. It's so new still. It's it's still, she's tweaking it like every day. So it's 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 a very fun website. So charliedobbin.com. Thank you for asking. Uh, and and I will put yeah. that recipe on my website. Th- that's a good my idea. My daughter to do that for me. <laughs> okay. All right. Uh, we've got time here before our next break to uh, okay. squeeze one more call in. Sure. Selma from Guelph on the line. Good morning, Selma. Good morning to you both. Good morning. I have a query. Mm-hmm. I have a Dutchman's pipe. Mm-hmm. Beautiful, big heart-shaped leaves. Yeah. Last year had all kinds of blossoms, mm-hmm. not one pipe. Now, here we are again. It's all in full blossom. How do I get the pipe? Mm. Uh, good question. So, uh, pollination, perhaps, or the lack thereof, that it's not getting pollinated? When you... mm, it should be, because it's along the side of my deck, so that's in the middle of the yard. Mm-hmm. Um, by the vegetable garden and all my other garden things, my magnolias and everything. Uh, okay. I fertilized it um, last, uh, since I planted it okay. every yeah, year. Ha- is, okay, so how, when did you plant it? Well, about three years ago. Okay. Hmm. Uh, okay, so I'm just trying to... It's funny because the pipes... Oh, yeah, look at that, eh? Huh, so it's in full bloom right now. Yeah, it's got all tiny, tiny white flowers. Huh. And I assume that's where the pipes came from. Wow. All right. Let's uh, let's just check something out here. Because I have not personally grown this plant. So, Dutchman's Pipe, Aristolochia, Macrophylla. It's a woody vine. <clears throat> produces, <clears throat> excuse me, flowers shaped like curved pipes and large heart-shaped leaves. Flowers right. a- yeah, attract... Pipe. Well, but if you've got flowers... Mm. So you got flowers that don't have pipes on them. So the flowers attract pollinating flies 
<clears throat> with an odor like rotting meat. Oh, my God. Ooh. Maybe you're glad you don't have the pipes. Uh, <laughs> oh, no. Uh, but I wonder if that's what you've got, because it's, it, uh, yeah, it's not hearty here. I don't think you have Dutchman's pipe. I think you have something called chocolate vine, heart-shaped leaves, little, okay, sm- you know what you should do is go out and smell the flowers. See what they smell like. If they smell like vanilla, uh-huh. you've got something called chocolate vine. God knows why we, it smells like vanilla, but we call yeah. it chocolate vine. The flowers are brown, but very fragrant, very sweet. Oh, and, these are pure white. Oh, these are pure white mm. and big heart-shaped leaves. Uh, yeah. Um, I purchased that vine because, <laughs> because every time I drive through the country, yeah. The farmers' verandas would have it at the front of their home, mm-hmm. just massive up their verandas, and it looks so nice. Yeah, exactly. I thought I got to get one of them. <laughs> and what do the flowers look like? Are they bell shaped or are they flat? Oh no, they're flat, and they're very tiny. Any um, chance that you could take a picture and send that to Charlie? Uh, oh, I wish I could. Oh, I can't. I, oh, okay. I'm not. Um, Technically involved. Okay. So, but but it's blooming now. So it's an early spring bloomer. Lots of little white flowers. Yeah, yeah. Wow, you've got me stumped here. I'm going to think about this one. Um, yeah, because there's a number of of vines, woody vines, hardy woody vines that bloom with lots of white flowers it, later in the summer. There's a clematis that does a beautiful autumn glory. There's a you know a number mm. of silver lace vine things like that. So I'm just trying to l- let me rack my brains on what you've got growing there with lots of little white flowers and big heart shaped leaves. And I don't think it's Dutchman's pipe. Do you do you, so? Where did you buy the plant? From a nursery, like a local nursery. Yeah, and, and it did say Dutchman's pipe. It did. Yeah, and it did. You keep the tag at all? Well, sure. I have it in a bag of a thousand. Oh, okay. <laughs> oh, All right. I'll have to All find right. it. That's okay. Stay with me and we'll figure this one out. Um, keep listening and I will do my best to report back on what I think you might have growing there. If it's a chocolate vine, that's okay too. Yeah, that's okay, but it doesn't get white flowers, so I don't yeah, think it's a chocolate weird. vine. Well, I guess it's not. But, but if it the, is a vine, and that's what I wanted, I wanted a living fence sort of idea. Sure, yeah, that grows fast. Okay, yeah, well, you know what? The, the thing about a name like Dutchman's Pipe is it's a common name, and there's probably 10 vines out there called Dutchman's Pipe. I, my favorite story was a customer back in my retail days coming in going, I'm looking for bluebells. And I'm looking at them going, do you realize how many different plants are called bluebells? <laughs> like there's like, you know, yeah. at least 10 or 12. So which bluebells are you looking for so a dutchman's pipe i think is going to be somewhat the same so i'm going to see what i can come up with to uh find out what you've got growing there and so you keep listening meantime we've got to take a little bit of a break here and then come back and oh as a matter of fact we have a first-time caller waiting online so we'll get to jim in just a couple of moments here on zuma radio don't change stations just because the weather changes garden tips and advice all year round this is the garden show with charlie dobbin exclusively on Zoomer Radio. Well, Charlie, you see me reaching for the bell here. That is for Jim calling from Strabane. Yes. Where exactly is Strabane, Jim? Strabane is about uh, 10 minutes north of Waterdown, or just oh. near to Freelton. Oh, oh okay. I know exactly where that yep. is. Welcome to the show. Thank you. What's going My on? My question is about some sedum. We have sedum in pots, and we put it out on the deck in the summer. Mm-hmm. We had put them in the garage to just protect them over the winter. We were way down in um, Arizona. We came back, I pulled them out, and they got long and leggy growth mm-hmm. on them. It's kind of really white because mm-hmm. they weren't in sun. Right. 
So what, what do I do? Clip them? Or? I would. I'd, I'd cut them down because that long leggy growth is never going to get non-leggy. It will turn green as you put it out into the sun. Chlorophyll will be produced and you'll get the green happening, which is great. But I would cut them back first. Just go down. You know how there's little bumps along the stems? Yep. So each bump is called a node and it's at those nodes that leaves will emerge. So I okay. would go down so that you've got at least one or if you wish two nodes only left on the stems and cut the rest off and and compost it but get get them into the sun i wouldn't go um you, i mean you could go right into bright sun because it's fairly cloudy today but because you don't want to burn them because remember they're very that's very soft it's been in the garage yeah. it's been protected so you want to be a little bit gentle just make sure they're not into a big windy situation or or if it was a hot sunny day, I would say put them right in the shade to start for a couple of weeks. Then go yeah, into the, your full sun. Yeah, the soil was is pretty dry in there too. Should mm-hmm. I water them as well? Definitely. Give them some water. Give them some fertilizer. Uh, add a little fresh, uh, perhaps potting soil to your pots if it's uh, dropped over the last year or so, just to uh, freshen up a bit. That's excellent. Thanks okay. so much. Thank you for calling. Thanks, Jim. Don't be okay, a stranger. I'll call again. Okay, no, please that's, do. Don't that's be a stranger. Terrific. And, and we actually, you know, we're totally jealous that you spent the winter in Arizona. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Some of us had <laughs> why, to stay why here. Why be so friendly to Jim? That's what I say. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, exactly. Oh, uh, you know, one of the things I love about this show is the fact that listeners feel free to give you a call to give you tips. I love it, too. And Sandra is on the line mm-hmm. with a, a little word or two about uh, helping out with your tulips that have oh, gone Oh, I want to hear this. Hi, Sandra. Good morning. Good morning, Charlie Frank. Good morning. Um, what I do with my tulips is I keep any hair, soft hair brushes and things all through the winter. Uh-huh. And then I just take a little bit of it. And poke it right down at the base of the stem in the leaves. Oh, really? Yeah. It. And I've done this for several years, and it has stopped the squirrels nipping off the the flower heads. Well, isn't that? Yeah, because they don't like the smell of the human hair. Human hair. I mean, I could always just take a bag when I yeah. go to the hairdresser and collect you hair. Do that? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> They'd probably be happy to give me a bag of hair. <laughs> if you've got a lot of tulips, and yeah, it's a little tedious having to go around them mm-hmm. and push it in, but and really make sure that it goes in. Yeah, because it'll blow away. It out. Well, it's interesting because I've never had this problem. I have lots of tulips, but the, what's happened is these are brand new tulips that I planted last fall, and they're right at the base of a bird feeder. And of course, oh. who hangs out at the base of a bird feeder but every squirrel in the neighborhood mm. waiting for stuff to yeah. hit the ground. So, I mean, there's a whole multi-families of multicolored squirrels all hanging out. And I haven't seen any of them nip these tops off, but I'm assuming it's the squirrels. I don't know who else would bite off flowers. Well, we have a lot of squirrels around here. We have yeah. a lot of mature trees. Yes. Yes. And we have a lot of squirrels. Well, Toronto's famous for the squirrel population, mm-hmm. not to mention raccoons. But I always feel they're so inbred in the urban environment that they're just wacko and they do stupid stuff. Up in Richmond Hill, that has not been the case. I mean, these are these are not inbred squirrels, I don't think, unless they, yeah, yeah. you know, traveled up from downtown Toronto. <laughs> you never know. I don't know. Maybe the, I have no idea because they never eat the flowers. They no. just nip well, well, a couple of them, they've just, they ripped them apart. So I'm thinking maybe there's like something that smells good inside there that that was edible I don't know succulent something yeah right. something yeah. that yeah they like their huh. seeds they're looking for it and you know so something yeah nectar I'm not sure but okay I'm gonna try that human oh, hair it, it may work at some um, they nip the heads off my neighbor's tulips because she, she didn't put the hair up oh, there you go well, hopefully she's <laughs> listening to the show oh brother <laughs> I do have a question oh though. sure yep 
Um, my lavenders really suffered this winter. Mm-hmm. I have four of them, mm-hmm. and um, one of them is completely dead, but mm-hmm. some are just starting. Is yeah. there anything? I, I put some mulch around the, the roots in the winter. Is there anything I can do to help them? Well, one of the things I've learned, and my best, I mean, we can't really control the kind of winters that we have. And lavender really does show what kind of a winter there was. If it's cold and there's very little snow, we see lots and lots of dieback. If there's lots of snow, then we see quite a lot of, you know, of the plant survives. But one of the things I've learned about lavenders, round about early September or any time in the month of September, get out your shears and shear back the new growth by a third on your lavender at that time. In September. In September. So, cause you know how the new growth might be from, from the, the growing season might be six inches, eight inches mm-hmm. of new stuff. So look at it and shear back a third. And that does seem to somehow cause the plant to be rejuvenate. I don't know. Uh, well, I know it's more like it just, it hunkers down. It doesn't, no. it's not as, it's not as tender by taking off that part of the new growth. The, the whole plant seems to have a higher rate of survival. I also do allow leaves or I tuck leaves around the base of my plants. I do that, yeah. but this year they were completely covered in snow. Yeah, yeah. Months, and I just wondered if that had... No, that should be a good thing. Snow should be a good thing. It does yeah. keep them quite protected. So I, I'm the same as you, I'm looking at my lavender going, are these all dead? But now I'm starting to see new growth and it's all right at the bottom. I've got some new growth on three of them, but one I think is, is totally dead. Yeah, yeah, they aren't. We love our lavender. I've been in a couple garden centers this past week and the, they know that customers are looking yeah. for lavender, partially I think because it doesn't survive very well and also because we love it. And it's everywhere. There's just trays and trays and racks and racks of lavender. So you can replace it. I'm going to have to replace it. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Thank you, Sandra, very much. Thanks for calling. A little tip and all, my golly. Yeah, I love so it. Charlie's going to run home and go through all the brushes and <laughs> all that stuff. <laughs> Meantime, we've got to take yeah, a break Yeah, you're going to help me. <laughs> yeah, well, thank you. Uh, up to our final break here on The Garden Show from Zoomer Radio. Fur and feathers and bugs of all size. There's more going on in the garden than you realize. Should small creatures become a big problem, then you've got The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Exclusively on Zoomer Radio. Well, hello, Ethel in East York. Welcome to the show. Hello. <laughs> hello. Good morning. Good morning. I'm, I love your shows, by the way. I listen every Saturday morning. Oh, thank you. I love it. I have a butterfly bush, uh-huh. which is, I got it at a Humber nursery about two years ago. Yeah. And it's about very stringly, and it's about eight feet tall. Mm-hmm. I keep trimming that back. Now, I'm doing, I don't know if I'm doing something wrong. I leave the late blossoms on it to dry on for the birds to eat the seeds. Okay. Am I doing wrong with that? And then it's maybe it goes into the seed germination instead of the plant itself, the energy of the bush? No, no, that's exactly what I do. Um, butterfly bush, we, of course, it's a late blooming mm-hmm. shrub. Uh, we, I basically treat it as a, as a perennial, but it grows up every year and gets these beautiful flowers and attracts yeah. and supports butterflies and, and hummingbirds and hummingbirds if you've yeah. got one that's a color that the hummingbirds will see yeah. um while it's blooming, um, as the f- blooms finish, I'll often trim off the, the 
the blooms that are past their prime and then more flowers come. So, I mean, it it just, it's lovely. It's very, very, uh, gives a lot of beauty and support while, you know, wildlife support through August, September, October. And then I ignore it for the winter. I do not touch the plant all winter. In the spring, I wait to see what is alive on the plant. Okay. That's too early yet because I looked at it. It's nothing there yet. Right. And so where, well, you're not seeing anything yet, and you're in East York. Yeah, it may. Pretty cool night. <laughs> well, it may not have survived because butterfly bush are funny that way. They will sometimes be very good and and you know stay with us for a number of years, uh-huh. and other times they'll just suddenly not make it through the winter. Oh, I did not know that. But you could just to try and force it. It might just be sitting dormant, waiting for the right things to happen. Uh-huh. It has been cool. The soil is cool. Get out your your big loppers or your pruners, and I would cut it right down to about two to four inches tall from oh, the ground okay. and you may find that that will cause little green leaves to start to grow right down at the base and then the whole thing will grow up to eight feet again oh, this, thank you. i didn't so, know i could cut it back that day that's far yeah, done yeah yeah like mine i'm just seeing little bits of green but i'm a little cooler than you so that's why i'm thinking yeah. you should be seeing green by now and my all my green is right down at ground level so i'll be oh. i've got and mine's 25 years old that gets a lot of stump down there at ground oh. level but it oh. grows up eight feet every year must be beautiful it is i love it and the but my daughter planted it originally when she decided she wanted to create a butterfly garden so yeah. she, this was her design and she she planted it a million you know 25 years ago almost wow. so yeah it's, i did uh, not know if she- I didn't know I could cut it right back yep. at that yep. up. Because last year I trimmed it about maybe a less than a one-third from the top. Yeah. I always trim to where I see green. And if okay. you're not seeing any green, then take it down to, like I said, up to two to four inches tall. Oh, that's, that's neat. All right. I learn always. Thank you very oh, much. Oh, you're very welcome. Have Thanks. a great, great Yes, indeed. Thanks for calling. Thanks, Ethel. Nice to have you on the show. As we look at the clock here, son of a gun, uh, well, we don't have time, uh, unfortunately. Go I to I'm... Uh, Barbara in Lockport, New York. So, Barbara, try calling early next week. Uh, call early, call often, but uh, yeah, get that call through as, as soon as you can. Yeah, be, we're just too, super too close to the end of the show, but jammed. thank you for the call. Mm-hmm. And I did just discover um, an announcement that I neglected to make at the beginning of the show, and that is for next Saturday, May the 25th, the Oro Medonte Horticultural Society is hosting their plant sale. Starts at 10 a.m. sharp rain or shine at the Oro Fairgrounds. That's 15th, 16th Side Road and Line 7 North. Mm-hmm. Bring Okay, they were looking for plant donations uh, back on Potting Up Day, which was last weekend. But of course, the plant sale is all about locally grown, reasonably priced, hardy perennials. There's annuals, hostas, herbs, grasses, all kinds of stuff. And, uh, and I love it because, you know, remember last weekend mm-hmm. seemed to be plant sale Saturday? It's a little cooler in Oromodonti, so it's next weekend. (laughs) And next weekend, I'll be here Saturday. You will. Doors open. 24th, and uh, my birthday is on the 25th. Now, wait a minute. Uh, 24th is Friday. Saturday is my birthday. All right. Mimosas. Mimosas. I'll be bringing that. Oh, that sounds like fun. All right. (laughs) Thanks. Thanks, Frank. Thank you, Sebastian. Couldn't do any of this without you guys. See you all again next week. This has been an exclusive podcast of The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Heard every Saturday morning at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.